This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Glory to God. 4 Peter chapter 2, I want to read from verse 9. Amen. Hallelujah. Now say to your neighbor, there is a difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Say it again. There is a difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Hallelujah. And what you believe is very important. Praise the Lord. What you believe is very important. It will control how you live your Christian life. So we go to a point for service that I just mentioned something which I feel I should start from. Um, you have to decide for yourself and for your own good that you do not believe something because many people believe it, but you believe because it is the word of God. This is something that we have to examine very carefully. Because honestly speaking, it is true that over 60% of what Christians do, especially in Africa, they don't exactly have roots in the word of God. Many of you are here today. You are not covering your head. You don't know whether it's right or wrong. You are not covering your head because you are in a church that does not cover his head. What of if we are deceiving you? So this is why, are you getting what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. There are many things that people don't know. They just do it because they are among those who do it. So, you want to pray and fast for three days over something. Then somebody tells you that. How do you know from the Bible? Somehow somebody mentioned to you when there's, when that, when there's a situation, you fast and pray. The words of men will fall. Only the word of God will stand. So if you cannot show from the word of God why you do what you do, well, you might just be gambling. Is that clear? Now, I'm not saying fasting is wrong. We fast a lot. I'm just saying, why do you do what you do? I started thinking during the way, uh, I think, uh, it, I don't know exactly when it happened, I can't remember, when a lady told me that she felt that, you know, she did something as a non-believer, and now she's, she, she was trusting God for something, and she felt that God wouldn't answer them be, uh, because of what she did as a non-believer. Where is that coming from in New Testament? But see, people have been told, remember the last one I said, I have seen drama, Christian drama on it. Where somebody was casting out demons and the demon was telling the person that you are a fornicator, you can't cast me out. That's an erroneous belief. It's not true. It is wrong for a Christian to live in sin. Yes, but living in sin does not mean you cannot cast out devils. It is not in the place of demons to tell a Christian that because you've done something, you cannot cast me out. It is wrong. Are you getting me? It is when you look at the Bible that you find out what I've just said now. It, it sounds logical that when a Christian is living in sin, he cannot address evil spirit. But it sounds logical, but it might not be scriptural. Because what you find in the scripture, and I showed the first service, Acts chapter 3, when Peter healed the crippled man at the gate, he said, why are you men looking at us as if we heal this man by our holiness? He said, by our power or holiness. That means Peter was saying that these two factors were not considered in healing this man. At the beautiful gate. Our holiness didn't count. Our power didn't count. Only the name of Jesus. And in verse 16 of chapter 3. He said his name 
through faith in his name, has made this man whole. This man was healed by the name of Jesus Christ, not by our holiness or by any effort on our part. Are you getting what I'm saying? You can begin to trust in your fasting, but your fasting is not in the name of Jesus. It is good to fast. It is recommended in the Bible. But I'm just saying that understand why you do what you do. Is that clear? So, because if we don't believe rightly, so when I read actually, so look at what Peter said. Why are you looking at us as if by our own what? Power or what? How real is this? If I say this on churches, they will get angry. But that is the truth. So, they, so are you saying that if a person is living in sin? Yes, I am saying that if a person is living in sin, he can cast out spirit. But I am not saying it is right to live in sin. Did you get that? I'm just saying, <laughs> otherwise, then that even contradicts the word of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, on that day, many will say to me, we cast out demons in your name. And I will say, depart from me, workers of iniquity. Is that true? Jesus said so. But he said they cast out the spirits. He said they will say on that day that we heal the sick in your name, we cast out demons in your name. He said, but he would disqualify them because they did not live right. But when they were on earth, they got the job done. So when people say that in their film that because of this you cannot, then they are more they are, they must know something Jesus does not know. There are pastors who will fight me what I've just said now, but I've just shown them from Jesus and from Peter. Who else? Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, every truth shall be established. Because it's it's important. I remember how grieved I was when I heard the story of a young guy around sixteen or so who was having sex with with his father with his dog at home, and he went to, for a meeting. The devil sent him to that meeting. And the pastor was teaching on unpardonable sin. And, he, he waited, and the, the guilty conscience was heavy. And he waited after the service to speak with the pastor. That I've been doing bestiality. Can I ever be forgiven? And the pastor said, that's an unpardonable sin. The guy landed in the psychiatric ward. And he'll be shouting to the nurse, I cannot forgive, my hell, my hell is real. Because what somebody said, that is not in the scripture. Jesus said that only blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. And an unbeliever cannot exactly blaspheme against the Holy Spirit. But that's a subject for another day. <laughs> are you with me? <laughs> Is somebody with me? See, these are, called, these are called doctrines. And many Christians are in the church, but they don't know doctrines. So, if I stand before us now, and I say, Is it right for a Christian to drink alcohol? Catholics will give me a different answer from deeper life from apostolic faith from and there is one bible but there are different answers because people will answer according to what they believe in their church not what is written and the only way you can be right is to be to answer according to what is written believers have asked me before is it right to drink i'll be like well i don't say i don't talk for the bible there's no scripture in new testament that says that it is wrong to drink but the bible says flee from all appearances of evil what i will tell you is that why do you want to do it because you want to open doors for a lot of negative things now whether we take a sip whether that is negative or not the answer is not i cannot take what i can't make the bible say what it does not say even though personally i have special hatred for drinking i got born again in life i never but i have seen how it has read people's life here and there but i cannot because of that tell you what is not in the bible are you getting what I'm saying? If you say, is it wrong? Is fornication wrong? Yes. Galatians chapter 5. So I can defend it from the Bible. Is adultery wrong? Yes. Is lying wrong? The Bible says, put away from you lying. Is lying wrong? Yes. But is drinking wrong? I, I can't answer. I can't tell you it's wrong. 
But I can only say that why do you want to do it as a Christian? And when you're asking a question about what is wrong and what is not wrong, the devil has gotten you already. Is it right to kiss in courtship? Why are you asking? How about not kissing? At least it is never wrong not to kiss. Stay with that. Try and, the Bible says, Paul said that I have lived in good conscience before God and before men. That's what you should do. Why don't you go for the one that has no controversy? You are asking because <laughs> Omons are at, at work. That's what you're asking. Why are you asking? Amen. Hallelujah. So it's not necessary. So you don't need to ask. Just have a pure courtship and leave questions alone. <laughs> Hallelujah. On November 4th, we are going to have we have our first service, second service, but by 2 o'clock. We are thinking whether it will be 2 or 4, but they were announced. We are going to have Ask Pastor Shola, and the advert will soon be out, and then we are going to stream it online. We want to have an opportunity for people to ask questions. We'll take questions and take questions online. It's just about two hours of answering very... Now, there are single mothers, there are not because there are, there are divorcees in the church who don't know whether it is right to marry or not, and nobody's answering the question. So if you are in a church where they believe that you must not be married, so if your husband, which, which happened to somebody that Kenneth Hagin used to know when he was alive, the daughter of the senior pastor and the daughter of the archdeacon in the church got married. Sorry, the son and the daughter got married. And it was a marriage that everybody celebrated. They knew these kids when they were growing up. And nobody felt, I mean, everybody felt perfect with, I mean, this is, this is, this is wonderful. And they got married. And she was pregnant. The day she announced her husband that she was pregnant, instead of the guy being happy, she was shocked at the guy's reaction. Came to kiss her before and said, bye bye, I have just found out that I should be gay. And he went to marry another man. That's, that, that, that was the husband. And left her. There was no prayer. They did not pray. They didn't come back. The dickens went to see him in the city where he was selling. Where the guy was living with. I mean, the boy that just told them to leave. And the girl was just 23. So four years after. The father had preached all his life that if you remarry, you are living in sin. Now he was watching his own daughter. See, God has a way of letting pastors see some things. So that your sense will be correct. Condemnation is easy. And all, all, see, those who, if you have, if you have worked with God, and He has shown you your errors too many times, you'll be merciful to people. When John came, and all the apostles died, and only John survived, Apostle John, you know, when they fried him and he wouldn't be fried, and if nothing worked, he came out, go and look at his epistle, they were the same place. I write unto you, little children. <laughs> he said, I write unto you that you don't sin. Or he said, if you sin, there's an advocate. That is somebody who has seen it all. You, you get to a point. When you see somebody, you know, the beginning of your spirituality is to think others are not scripted. So Derek Prince said it this way. When I was a baby Christian, I was always right. When I started growing in the Lord, I was sometimes right, sometimes wrong. When I matured in God, I was always wrong. He is always right. That's right. That you get to a point where if your answers are not directly from the Bible or the Spirit of God has not spoken to you, you find it difficult to talk about other people's issue, whether they are right or wrong. But if you're always running your mouth, everybody, then one day, you'll be set up. Sometimes it might be by angels for your own good. But when you see yourself, then you understand. Somebody I used to know one time, he did not know. 
He just kissed a girl and wanted to commit suicide. Ah, this guy could preach holiness. That all of you will repent. He went to pray for the girl and ended up kissing the girl. <laughs> so that the anointing will enter very well. You know? so, at the end of the day, he realized, he didn't, you know, God didn't let him go all the way. Just wanted him to see that when you are not standing on the grace, which is the word of God, you are as weak as any other man. And you see, you always condemn a sin that is not your weakness, but that is someone else's weakness. Everybody's not prone to the same thing. There are unbelievers now who will never have extramarital affairs. And they're unbelievers. It's not a problem for them, but it might have a problem with money. So people give them, there are unbelievers all over the world who will never collect bribe. Am I right? They can die for their integrity. But anything is sketch. Once it's SK, say, before you mention it carefully. <laughs> but then there are some other people, those things don't move them. But arrogance. They would rather die than to say sorry. And when you are not like that, you are wondering, how can somebody be like this? What if God is saying sorry? It is how some people are. So, but when we come to Christ, we become new creations in Him. Say amen. amen. All things are passed away. So you don't say I'm a choleric. You say I'm a Christian. Hallelujah. No, it, it won't make all of us have the same temperament, but we are Christ-like. That's what matters. Because forever, some people will be very active, some will be very simple and everything. But all will live in a way that will glorify Jesus because He lives in you. So what Paul said, we come to the life I live now, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself. So I started saying something for service, which is, to see the glory of God, you have to understand the goodness of God. So, John, when, when in John chapter 11, when Jesus wanted to call Lazarus to come out of the grave, after he had died for over three days, Jesus stood by the grave and he said, Lazarus, come forth. And when they got to the grave, he said, roll away the stone. And Mary or Martha, one of them said, Pastor, by now he's thinking. And Jesus said, didn't I say to you that if you believe, thou shalt see the glory of God. I said that for service. So what is the key to seeing the glory of God? You must believe. Now the next question is that, believe what? So we started from that. So Jesus said, if you believe, if you can believe, the glory of God, whatever manifestation of God that you want to see is equal to the glory of God. You will see whether a miracle, it's a whatsoever, if you believe. But there is something you must believe. Hallelujah. And then later, we saw it. So Jesus said, didn't I say, say, say I not unto you that if you believe thou shalt see the glory of God. So we read in Exodus 33. Let's read again. And let's start from that verse 18 or so. Exodus 33. Hallelujah. What God said to Moses. Remember the Bible said that whosoever must come to God must believe. Believe that what? That he is and is a rewarder of those who diligently that means anytime a Christian must, wants to pray, there must be full persuasion that the one you're about to talk to is a rewarder. This is very important. There cannot be faith until you are so certain that God is good and that evil does not come from God. So, I, I shared with the first service how this change John Alexander Dowie and launched him into a miracle ministry. He had buried several people in his church in one week. 
when there was a kind of plague in, in Australia then. And he thought it was God. If this question is in your heart when you are sick, whether God really wants you well, or whether you have violated some, that's why you are sick. Once there is a kind of debate going on, the healing will not take place. Because the Bible says that a double-minded man cannot receive anything from him. Let say, let no such a man think that he will receive. So when I want to pray, once there is a doubt, once there are questions, oh, my womb had an abortion before. So maybe that is why when they pray for me, I'm not getting healed. That is the argument that you have to sink first before you receive. That is the meaning of every tongue that rises against you in judgment. That is the tongue. Are you following me? Because when a Christian repents, God forgets. They say to man, forgive and forget. No man is capable of forgiving and forgetting. A man can forgive, but he will remember. So if you slap me yesterday and I see you today, I won't remember. I will remember now. I have forgiven you, but I will remember. So when you are talking to me, there will be distance. It will be watch and pray. Because, so, but, but I have forgiven you. I mean, if I keep my money somewhere, you steal. I will forgive. But I have enough wisdom and common sense, which is not common, to know that when I see you another day, maybe you come from time to come and stay with us and you parted with my money before, I will forgive. I might not even tell anybody about it. But when you come next time, all the money will relocate. That is wisdom. Is that right? Praise the Lord. But God is able. He said, I will remember your sins no more. And that's the truth. He has the ability not to remember again. Praise the Lord. Somehow, John Alexander, though we open to Act 10 38. And he found it. He threw down his Bible actually in anger. He was frustrated and was saying, Why are you not answering my prayer? Why are you making them sick? That was why he thought it was God. And when he threw the Bible, it opened to Acts 10 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all them oppressed. Or that word oppressed, jump at him, oppressed of the devil. Ah. So there is only one person that oppresses. Where you see oppression, it is the devil. God cannot teach a Christian a lesson through sickness. Your disobedience can make him not to act. But he is not the author of sickness. Because you don't give what you don't have. Are you with me? It was in elevation about so I made did this illustration and he blessed me so much. When he took one bottle of granite and another bottle and then he hit them together and granite came out. It came out because there was granuts in the bottle. When you are pressed, what is in you will come out. So when you say that, see, I'm a very peace-loving man. Is this woman that drives me crazy? It's because Christ was inside before. <laughs> so that's why... I, <laughs> I get what I'm saying. Because what, no matter what, I cannot press, press and press and ice cream will come out. If I press, if you have force and you press, the angel can come out. Am, oh, are you, are you, am, I, am I right? Yes, the only thing that can possibly come out, when you press, you can't press your toothpaste and dollar will come out. <laughs> it's not possible. When you press the thing, it is the paste inside that will come out. When you say that I'm a peaceful person, but is this person annoying me? Mm-mm. There is something in you. That person is getting it out. 
And this is what happens many times in marriage. She made me, you see, she said no to me, she forsooned me, so I went out to someone else. <laughs> no man can make you do what is not exactly as I do. They say, was it on Wednesday I told them that when people say, you know, and there is another Yoruba that says that it is what you've already wanted to do that intoxication of wine will make you do. If it's not inside, it cannot come out. So when people get drunk and they start beating their wife, say, I, I did, I, I did, because no, you were planning to beat her before. Because, for instance, you can't drink enough alcohol as a Nigerian and start speaking French. Correctly. After you know you are used, you like, and then you get to, you just start speaking French, friendly. You can't, you can't drink enough and start speaking Spanish. I say, you speak somebody from Spain, and you are very correct. <laughs> they say, I'm drunk, so you start speaking Spanish. You cannot get drunk enough as an Igbo man and start speaking Yoruba friendly. Except there was Yoruba inside you before taking the bottle. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. So, you give what you have. Each seed. I want to talk about something else, but during the week, I started sensing in my spirit that no, we need to start laying foundation on which people will stand. It is important. All over, oh, what somebody told, I, I read that, you heard the lady asking the same question we are doing, question and answer time here. I, I, I don't like talking about, because I have so much respect for different ministers, and I thank God for men of God that are leading the most popular names that they are. Thank God for those men. See, under and all around, every day people are doing things that are far from the Bible. Every time somebody comes to the office during the week, somebody do attend this church and they want me to pray for them, and many of them are expecting that you are going to charge them. How can somebody go to see a pastor and he's asking you to bring money before praying for you? And it's even telling you that this kind of issue we have to really pray. You have to. And people are. Some after service, when I counsel people, actually during the week, some people will tell their friend, okay, come and meet my pastor. And they don't call me. And you hear things. And my sister is in, uh, 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 my sister is in uh, uh, Germany. You know, a pastor called. Wonderful people, but ah, a pastor has been calling my sister. He's saying that he wants to pray over something. You know, we say, I, I see accidents. And I need to pray about it. So send. And I told a dear sister, okay, I said, don't send anything anywhere. And I told her, I said, the danger, if you send money, you are trapped. Forever, it will continue to call you. The vision continues. <laughs> and now, when you now don't give again, it is called, see, it is occultic spirits. When it demands that you don't give again, then that thing will happen to you. You started in the first place by connecting yourself to it. Satan can't come into your life through fear. That is why, beware of anybody who tells you one vision of you dying or something. And actually, when it leads at the end to, so we need to pray. So send. And you wonder that why should somebody praying in tongues believe all these things? People are not solidly rooted. What I said at the beginning is what is happening everywhere. People know the doctrine of their church. They don't know what so and then. An average Christian, even though you are born again, many people are still afraid of God. Some are not fully convinced that you have been forgiven. You have been sanctified. You don't exactly believe that when God says he does not remember your past, he does not remember. So, and the Bible says perfect love. Cast out fear. Fear has torments. And he that is in fear has not been made perfected in love. 
The moment there is fear in you, that's first John 4 18. Once there is fear in you, once there is fear in you, it means that something is wrong with your love. And you need to check your relationship with the master. Otherwise, all these things, somebody is praying, trusting God, praying for something, and in a month he has not received. And somebody come and then they begin to say that you see, there are some spirits, family, something, and your hearts, you are afraid. Are you following me? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And many times, in your moment of needs, that is why these things will come up. It happened to me also when for a second year, you know, we couldn't, and my wife couldn't give birth, and you know, and it was somebody that called the prophet. Somebody came to see us. Some people just, and oh my God. Praise the Lord. These people don't even live the life. Just now, there's one prophet somewhere that they always call and and the prophet called my wife, but, but trust me, he heard everlasting gospel. Where is your mother? He said, Where is your husband's mother? My mom? He said, My mom is in Abelkuta. My wife told you. She didn't even know. My wife didn't know what the guy wanted to say. He said, I'm also. Where is your mother? She said, Hey, huh? said, I'm going to pray over some. Say, Buy some clothes, bring it. I'll pray over it. Go and give it to your mother. I said, Can I have it? My wife was, I said, No, you can. I don't want you to insult him. Let me talk. So I just called. I said, Sir, I said, It's, it's pathetic. And I told him, I, that, that, that only anger led to a prof- prophecy in my mouth. I said, in one year's time, I will invite you for name in our house. And I called the phone. And in nine months exactly. I didn't say that because of any vision. I, so I responded to the deception of the devil. I don't know when they tell people, they say, ah, oh, it's true. Ah, Okay. Whatever you don't find in the Bible, whatever no apostle told anybody to do, please don't do it. Don't get yourself into trouble. Are you following me? Praise the Lord. That's very important. Very, very important. You dream, I mean, you just, you have, you've had a dream. And you have, everybody dreams. I, have, I always have funny dreams. The one I love most, I love to hit in my dream. My prayer is that let it be Chinese. People wake up, I, I, Pastor, I dreamt I was eating. Maybe you were hungry in the night. Sometimes. Now, I, I'm not saying some dreams or applications. Sometimes. You begin to open the door for the enemy. And when you do, he steps in. Oh, it is only God that doesn't force things on people. The devil does. He will force it. So never give opportunity. Just don't believe that some things are taking care. I told them... You know, our parents are wonder. One of the parents came here. You know, she believes in no spirit, all those things, you know. So, as we were worshipping, she was looking around. So, she said, somebody came inside the church with her back. So, they saw after service, the pastor, ah, you need to pray. Oh. So one of your members came in with the back. <laughs> I said, I said, the pastor lied. Let the pastor come with, with his stomach. <laughs> or with the head. I don't care. I said, well, I said well, what does that mean? He said, ah, that is occulting. That they will come in and do some things in the church. Yeah? No problem. If I see somebody walking in with a head into the church, it doesn't change anything. Greater is it that is in us than the one that is in the world. This is why <laughs> it's one of the things that will help. If you go for a meeting and you are not taught the word, go back home. It is solid teaching. 
that helps you. Jesus tried to heal in one city and they did not get healed. Because the amount of healing you receive is also equal to how well taught you are. The Bible said because of the unbelief. People thought that when Jesus, you know, people, many people have thought that when Jesus was on earth, he was just waiting about healing. But no. He will ask for their faith. He bypassed a few others, but many people ask for their faith. The Bible says that in that city where he grew up, they knew him very well. Probably he made the chair they were sitting in there. You remember he was a carpenter. So when he started the crusade, they were like, ah, hey, 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 hey. who is healing? Who is that, that one. So is that not the carpenter? Don't we know his brother? And they were calling their names. Ah, the brother was in our house yesterday. One of them said, I see my, they, it was a lady that was talking. One lady said, I see my, my dress, dressing mirror. Now, now he make him now. That he even charged, he charged me for the mirror. Now he's saying that he's the son of God. Oh, girl. <laughs> and the Bible said that he could do no miracle. He could be that. A pastor explained better, a Bible scholar, that he prayed for some and nothing happened. Because as he was praying, we were looking at him, that, ah, <laughs> son of Joseph. <laughs> he, want, he wants to take cancer out of my body. Okay, oh. <laughs> let's see, okay. <laughs> let's see what will happen. Look at the Bible said Jesus marveled. He was shocked. Huh? This is strange. But the Bible says that he saw their unbelief. Then the Bible said he started going around teaching. The answer to unbelief is teaching. When you are taught, it gets to a level you are enlightened. And the darkness creating the unbelief will disappear. Are you with me? Is somebody with me? So when we, so go back to that uh, uh, Exodus 33. But that was 18. So Moses took God to a time. Now I said Moses was very, he just quickly played one trick on God. God came down one day and God was showing, you know, he was frustrated with the people. And God said, so he told God, he said, God, you know what? I'm not taking the promise that kill me. And God said, well, I'm not a killer. It's amazing how people will tell God to kill them. Knowing that God wouldn't kill them. Elijah was threatened by Jezebel. He ran away. He got to the top of Mount Oreb and he said to God, It is enough, let me die. If he really wanted to die, he should have waited for Jezebel. But the guy ran and climbed mountain for 40 days. When he saw God, he said, You know what, let me die. Because I come that they may have life. He doesn't kill his own people. So they knew that. David to capitalize on that. When God said that you have sinned, pick one of these three things let the enemies invade your land, or famine, or destruction. Ah, he said, let me fall into the hands of God. He said, for I know that he is merciful. And that was exactly what happened. As the angel was about to finish Jerusalem. Ah, David just knew that God would do not do it. Because the Bible said he is slow to anger. He told the angel that, you know what? Plan has changed. Don't kill them again. David was like, like that was what Jonah enjoyed. The first night when the fish swallowed it, he didn't even pray. I had God. He just said he was not going to die. And look at the prayer of Jonah. Go and search how Jonah prayed. He prayed with an audacity that is not even common now. He said, out of the belly of the fish, I prayed and thou heard me. Heard me. He said that when I come down, I will pay my vow. Salvation is of the Lord. And he was still in the belly of the fish. He was praying by saying, I pray God heard. He was too certain that he was not going to die. And the fish vomited him. Interestingly, they were in the city. Because he prophesied and he felt that his reputation was at stake. 
for that promise not to come to pass. And look at what he said to God. That, oh God, that is showing you what I'm sharing today, that your, how you perceive God will influence your life. Could it be that Jonah couldn't die because he just was so sure that God was merciful? When he came out of the belly of the fish, he gave his reason for not wanting to run that errand. Not that he didn't want to preach. But the reason why he did not want to preach was, he said that, didn't I say? He said, were not this my words? When God said, no, Jonah, I have forgiven the faith. He said, hey, that was why I didn't want to go in the first place. He said, I know that you are merciful and that you repent of evil. This was Jonah's doctrine about the Almighty God. That the one I call the Almighty is not a God of judgment per se. Even when he wants to judge and he sees a little repentance, he will change his mind. And he was right. Now, what do you believe about God? And how consistent is that thing with the word of God? That's, it. That's, that's a very important question. Because this will affect your prayer. It will affect the demonstration of your faith. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So Moses said, I beseech thee, show me your glory. And look at what God said. I will make all my goodness pass before thee. Let's stop there. Show me your glory. He said, I will make my goodness to pass before thee. In other words, Moses, don't jump the steps here. I'm going to grant your request. You want to see my glory? But to see my glory, you must see my goodness. That means the only set of people that will see the glory of God are those who are fully persuaded that God is good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Say it again. God is good. Say it again. God is good. Hallelujah. I'll read something to you in 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 10. Let's read 1 Peter 2 10. Let's start from verse 9. Are you with me? But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praise of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now say to yourself, I have been called out of darkness. So I am no more in darkness. Say that last part one more time. I am no more in darkness. My family is not in darkness. Hallelujah. Verse 10. Which in the time past were not a people, but now people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Say, I have obtained mercy. So when people say, Lord, have mercy on me. Yes, it's not an unscriptural prayer. But you must beyond understand that there is the mercy of God. Amen. Hallelujah. You have obtained mercy. That's what the Bible says. Second Corinthians chapter 5. Let's start from verse 18. I'm going to read something there. And then I'll close with the story of the prodigal son. Second Corinthians chapter 5 from verse 18. Is somebody with me? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All things are of God, who are reconciled us to Himself by Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Verse nineteen. So we that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto Himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. Hi, glory to God. What is the meaning of this? Input is an accounting word. God is in Christ. He is calling the world to come to Himself. He is not imputing. He is not reckoning with their sin. He's not counting their sins against them. Do you know how many Christians, in spite of Romans 8 1, still live under the burden of condemnation of things they've done in the past? 
They don't exactly believe it. They believe that it's him putting their sin against them. So Satan can delay a blessing. And because the blessing is delayed, you begin to psychologically think that why you have not received from God is because of something you've done in the past is gotten you in the corner. I get what I'm saying. In the scheme or in the kingdom of God, in God's labors, he is allowed to do stunts. You can pray for a job and it might look like nothing is happening for six months. Do you begin to start thinking? Once you start thinking that something is wrong with me because I've been believing God, nothing is happening. That aspect of thinking that something is wrong will open a door. Then you, you might find yourself saying that now I need deliverance. And the demon will say, that, yes, you need deliverance. Haven't I told you before? Demons talk, they whisper things. Say, so you need deliverance. I have found out that everyone a friend of mine, he was a businessman. He went for 21 days to be delivered. He came back and I was like, so have you been delivered? The issues were still the same. It is a dangerous thing when people allow the devil to occupy them. It will make you fight. Keep fighting someone that Jesus already conquered. And it's, a, it's an endless battle. I get what I'm saying. This is very important. It is not in putting their sin. Jesus gave the story of the prodigal son to let everybody understand God. I can't imagine my son, me holding something against my son. And that is me, a mortal man. To now think that the Almighty is holding things against him is absurd. What can my son do that can hold it against him? A Christian can do things that can open the door for the devil. But it is not God punishing you. Did you get that? But you can take steps that can open the door for the devil and the devil will not be nice. And when you want God to respond, he might not respond quickly until you make some adjustment. But God is not the one originating the problem. That's what I want us to get. Is that clear? The prodigal son came back home and he was, when he lost everything, he began to plan, okay, when I get to my father, I will tell him that, see, I'm not worthy, I'm not worth being called your son again. Just take me as a servant. But the guy did not know that our God is amazing. Jesus was trying to use that to show us heavenly father. While the boy was away, the father was waiting. You see, God's philosophy if somebody leaves the church and he goes to start living a sinful life, living and he says, says, Now, our plan is not to be waiting for God's judgment to fall on the person so that we can appear right at it, we tell you. No. Our job is to begin to pray. A true shepherd is not satisfied with 99 living righteous. Jesus is more interested in that one that has gone astray. And in the parable that Jesus gave, when the shepherd found the sheep that went astray, left on that sheep and went astray, the shepherd carried the sheep and put it on his shoulder and was celebrating him. He did not even do that to the 99 that did not stray. Now the question, should we all stray so that God can like us more? <laughs> because when you do it, that, that's, you know, <laughs> why you say, people will say that, if we say to Christians that no matter what you do, God will forgive you, they will start doing something wrong. No. Number one, they are already doing something wrong without you telling them that. Number two, no real Christian wants to do something wrong because we are telling them the truth. What we share sets people free. I have known this from when I was in school. Why am I not going about doing something wrong? 
Why am I not getting involved with any other woman? Why am I not doing that from my school days? Because the knowledge of what Christ has done for you sets you free from sin. But I like Joseph Prince during the week when they started saying, God, a lot of people are taking this message and twisting it to be something else. And he said that there is no Christian that wants to live in sin. And he told to the church, he said, that if you want to commit sin, you are not a Christian. He said so. He said, if you take the message of grace, how, how you want to apply your own grace, is to say that whatever I do, there is nothing wrong with it. You are not a He said, any grace that does not lead to purity is not grace. And I've had to say the same thing. But there is a, a very wild doctrine going on right now that is a sin is there, you can do anything. And when people start talking like, God, there is something bad they want to do. Or they are already doing and they are trying to justify. Why are you justifying wrong stuff when you can live a higher life? Sin is dirty. Grace doesn't condemn you. He empowers you to get above it. That's all. It does not leave you there. So to stay, shall we call this and say grace may abound? And they are trying to twist that one. It's as plain as it is. Where there is grace, you live above it. There is a power at work in you that makes you say no to all those dirty things around. Not by effort, not by trying to do so, but by knowing who you are. When you have been made right with God, you will live right. If you say you have been made right and you are not living right, you are not making... How can somebody say, say to you that I'm the most healthy person on earth and he's throwing a vomiting every day and night? Would you believe? Somebody saying that I'm the richest man on earth. I see him trekking around. How can somebody say that I have grace and he's living? No, there's no grace. When there is grace, you stand above it. Is that right? Moses brought law to change men. Law wouldn't work. Jesus came to live inside you to make the job easy. So now we live by the standard of Jesus Christ. If we are like him, as he is, so are we on that first job, first seventeen. If we are like him, he wasn't going about drinking and sleeping with women. He lived pure. 33 years he spent on that, no issue with women. If he lives in me, the same result will be in my life. Is that right? So tell those who are teaching, you are not, if you are like Christ, do what Christ did. That's all. All over Facebook, and all kinds of present day theologians. They listen to one guy's message, come and divorce what they know nothing about. Just start playing somebody's man. Just come on Facebook. Hey, there's no sin again. One, one came up and said that any church where they're doing only communion, where they're doing communion, where they're paying time, doing communion, they say everything is Old Testament, they need to be upgraded. You know the way, <laughs> see the way I go. Scriptures were running to, I just said that the, the Bible says that don't cast your peer, be, be, your peer before swine. I wanted to answer with several scriptures before. That, what, what happened to you? Said that there's nothing again for Christians to do. Jesus had done it all. Really? Hebrews 12:1. Let us lay aside every let us lay let us lay there's nothing for us to do see that you put up the old man there's nothing for us to do walk in the spirit i said there's nothing for i know they come around and they are shouting and they are so loud you know facebook is a leverage you can start that's why it's not wise to be arguing with people on facebook actually if you are a man of honor that i don't even i don't even even and i've always told you that even if you don't like a political party you cannot say buhari and be insulting him on facebook you might not like him as a president, but respect the father is someone's father and is old enough. So policy-wise, oh, I disagree with this part, but don't go about. It's not right to do such things. Facebook has made a lot of Christians to lose their respect. And honor your father and your mother still applies even in jet age. That's very important. See, the sin of dishonor, that was what, I, everybody should get the message of Wednesday. The sin of dishonor is one of the most common sins. And they, treat, they make people... So, the bad thing is this. In the wickedness of Satan, it does not let you know the impact of what you are doing immediately. When you do wrong stuff, and you see the repercussion immediately, you will adjust and start living right. Satan waits. So, if I put 50 cubes of sugar, 
in one teacup and I drink it. It does not mean something will happen to me immediately. If I keep doing that every day, then I will get into trouble. And it might be something that cannot be corrected. Why people have kidney problems? They are not overnight problem. If you ask medical people, accumulation of things being done. So the devil is so smart that when people do something, it looks, that's why people practice irregular. It looks like you are getting away with it. There's nothing. Until you discover that there is no free lunch, not even in free town. That's the truth. So people will discover later when it's late. So when you insult people and say things and you live in dishonor, it might be when you are above 50, you start seeing the impact of what you have done. There are levels that you cannot penetrate. Remember what Apostle Seaman said, right? and I told them when, 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 on Wednesday, what he said when he came here. He told me, you know, he just came inside the plane and they were taking him to where he was supposed to sit. And Professor Wolosheka was sitting on the seat. Wolosheka just came into the plane and made the mistake. He didn't know that, that was not his seat. It has happened to me a few times when somebody tell you that. Sorry, oh, I thought they said seven, not seven, ten. Then. So he sat down and he, he was the one to go and tell Wolosheka that, sir, sir, is this man that you? Apostle Seaman said, no, never. tell an old man like Professor Wolosheka to stand up. He said, if, it's, if that, look for another seat for me. I don't do that. It is called honor. He might not even be a Christian. But you see, he's gone many miles above beyond yourself. Nobody gets rich when you talk evil of all rich people. So all those rich people, number one, you remove yourself from them. <laughs> and then you are praying. So the only, the, all, the, all, every, all, there's no rich person in Nigeria that is, that is pure. You will never become rich. No matter how hard you try, when you talk like that. And you have people around you, they will, they will sit down with us and say, okay, yeah, it's true, Nigeria is there, and then you start saying things. Don't talk like that. Don't. Even though Eli had missed it, ah, he was still the one that put the final signature on Anna's prayer. If Anna had been talking, that man is spiritually blind, and she had been saying she would have missed out. As she was praying, then Eli came and he said, stop praying. May the God of Israel answer your prayer. But the Bible said that Eli's eyes were dim. Spiritually, he was blind. But you see, he was still the man in the temple. And God crowned that. God, God approved what he said. Then when God called Samuel, God never gave the message directly to Samuel until Eli told Samuel how to respond to God. Eli's eyes might be dim. They will still tell you what will help you. And that might be your parents or whatever. This is very important. This is very, very important. And you know what? Samuel must have learned later. God chose him because Elah's two sons were misbehaving. Sleeping, raping women right in the temple and stealing offering. Only for Samuel to grow up and his two sons were doing the same thing. And that's a deep story. Have you thought about that? Israel demanded for king because of Samuel's children. If he was castigating Eli because of his children, little did he know that by the time he would be old also, his sons would be doing the same thing. When you see parents having issues with their children who are like 21, 22, and you are just young, keep your mouth or pray. One of the most difficult things for you to do is to learn how to keep quiet. It is difficult. But if you learn it, it will help you. You don't have to pass a comment on all matters. Like I was warning some friends now. People have fought over political parties. And they are not visiting each other again or talking. But the parties will pass. But you might not gain that relationship again. No, there is a way you and your friend can trade words and you can build a wall between the two of you. You are letting those who don't care about you create a wall between the two of you. Your friend once gave you money for house rent. Now you have two political views and you are almost ready. During the election of 2015, there were guys who fought their pastor for not supporting a particular political party. 
Inanja. Ana ona ore ko le to him now. I love what Alifala J put up. That you don't rate people IQ by their political choices. And that's a powerful statement. Some people will make a choice to annoy you. Don't you think, how can you say this man is doing well? But that is someone. You can argue. Just make the argument like, oh, I don't believe. And, and leave it like that. People have reasons for making their choices. That guy for the pastor, he left the church. Walk in honor. But today, go home with the full persuasion that God is good. Are you with me? This is what as one to pray. When the prodigal son finally came back, the father just, as he was trying to react, what, he was trying to say what he had been reacting, that when I get to him, I will just need to say, Daddy, see, I, I don't want to be a son again. Just make me a servant. And he was praying. Uh, so when he got to the gate, I'm sure he adjusted his suits. Ah, uh, today, not today. My father might welcome with a slap. But when the father saw him, oh, this is huge. The father didn't let him come. The father ran to go and meet the boy and to hug him. And he wanted to say those things that I prepared. That dad, you know what? I'm not. The father just said, "Don't bother to say that. I am happy that you are back. God loves you. He celebrates you. We get healed by believing that God is good, not by believing that we've done everything correctly. We receive answers to prayer by believing that God is good. Our relationship with Him." must be that the father the one we call father is a good god can i hear loud amen, amen. hallelujah when you start seeing as god you will also start walking in his goodness and you start that you start getting you start becoming good to other people you don't hold things against people anymore you don't necessarily let people merit what you give them in some areas you you train people by letting them merit some things but in some other areas, you are merciful. And blessed are the merciful. What will happen to them? If you want your life to be full of mercy, left and right, always have mercy on people. Always have mercy on people. Always have mercy on people. Watch those who always pardon people easily. What's up? It's always happened to you. Is somebody blessed today? Say God is good. Say nothing is against me. There is no condemnation against me. Shout it with confidence. Thank you for listening to the teaching. We believe you have been blessed. Worship with us at David's Court, number 25 Mojidi Street, off Touring Street, Ikeja, Lagos. On Sundays, our first service starts by 8 a.m. and our second service by 10 a.m. While our midweek service starts by 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Go and do great things. God bless you.